Hey guys, if I could have just a moment of your time, go subscribe to the Zedunks NFL YouTube channel, spelled the exact same way as the podcast. On that YouTube channel is separate content from the podcast entirely. We review NFL seasons for all 32 teams in the league. You'll love it. Go check it out and please bless me with a subscribe. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Z-Dunks NFL. This week I'm joined by Packers specialist expertise, Jim Gandolfo. I'm doing fine, Zach. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I appreciate having such an experienced person like yourself on my show. Very excited. This episode, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be breaking down the 2020 season for the Green Bay Packers up in Frosty Woo-hoo. Lambeau Field. Yeah, let's get Woo-hoo. excited. Uh, five things we're going to be looking at. Favorite players. That's one. Most disappointing players, that's two. Team strengths, team weaknesses, and what's next for both of us and our opinions for the future of the team. Uh, without further ado, Jim, uh, let's hop into it. So I want to know who is one player, could be offense or defense, that was exciting and was your favorite to watch this season? Well, you know, we can't talk about the Packers without talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers, but we're not going to talk about him because we know. I mean, uh, MVP number three. Uh, tremendous season picking up Matt's uh, offense and running it expertly. Uh, but uh, for me, it was Devontae Adams who uh, solidified his place among the top three receivers, I think, in the NFL um, and, and missing three games and uh, and still putting up the numbers that he put up and was simply unstoppable this year, no matter what they tried to do. And even when they double covered him and opened it up for Lazard or MVS or Tanyan, or uh, so, uh, you you know, you have to start any, I think, conversation in the NFL about elite receivers uh, with Devontae and his uh, relationship with Aaron uh, and his route running abilities. Yeah, and you talk about the route running ability. Let me expand upon that. It's the point of release for me when I watch Devontae Adams. It's having the defender beat with the first step. He is the best receiver in the NFL off the jump, off the rip, whatever you want to call it, out the gates and track terms. He is phenomenal at not only creating leverage for his size, he's a decent frame, you know, over six foot, but additionally, he's he's faster than people give him credit for. And his route running, you know, other than maybe Stefan Diggs, there's not many guys in this league who are even remotely close to that skill range when you talk about being able to create separation uh, inside the five, inside the 10, inside the 15. That's why they are the number one red zone offense is because Devontae can get off of his guy in very tight corners, very tight windows. It's incredibly impressive. Uh, yeah, it is. And, you know, when you got 12 throwing him the ball in windows that, uh, you know, not many NFL guys would try. Um, it makes for a, a unique uh, relationship, and uh, it's really uh, nice to see them do the things for uh, our favorite team. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, it must be nice. Can't relate as a Jags fan. Uh, uh, someone else <laughs> I'm going to key in on is Elgton Jenkins. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. he can play. He pretty much did play all five positions on the offensive line this season. Uh, primarily, he is supposed to be a left guard. He played center, both tackle spots, right guard, phenomenal versatility, phenomenal availability, staying on the field, being able to do everything he could at such a young age too. Pro Football Focus doesn't know what they're talking about when they gave him that lousy rating. Should be rated Mm -hmm. much, much higher. Excellent value. And thank goodness he's still on the O-line after free agency. 
Right. You know, the Packers have had a great organizational history of drafting centers for decades. I mean, for whatever reason. Um, and now with Lindsley, you know, we knew he was going to leave and the Chargers gave him a deal that, you know, we, we couldn't dare match. I would hesitate to say that they're going to plug Jenkins into center uh, right now. Um, I think that you'll, you'll see in the draft them address that with a center or another very versatile hybrid lineman. Um, because they've got Runyon uh, in his second year now who will step in uh, and play that guard position so Jenkins could easily shift to center. Um, but uh, the, the offensive line for Green Bay is really like the least of our, our concerns. <laughs> yeah, it's absolute juggernaut of an offensive line mm-hmm. with guys like Bakhtiari and then Corey Lindsley, Elgton Jenkins. Well, Lindsley just signed with San Diego, yeah, so he's gone. Chargers, Um, And Uh, Bakhtiari probably won't be back until game four or five, but his rehab's going really well. You know what they're doing with knees right now. And that was, you know, that injury really was devastating. I mean, we were able to get by, but, you know, Tampa Bay took us on the edge there. Um, And it would have been, I think, a different game had Bakhtiari not gotten injured in practice unfortunately yeah rick ricky wagner and billy turner did not do a great job no uh, protecting yeah. protecting 12. turner's really a guard to right tackle i mean that's where he rates out best and he's had a great season mm-hmm. great two seasons for us but um you know the tampa bay knew what they were doing you give them credit they won the super bowl so something's working mm-hmm. uh who is another favorite player that you liked watching could be offense defense who is it well, Aaron Jones, what he does for this offense, uh, there's there's not another running back in the NFL that does what Aaron Jones does out of the backfield. I mean, he's, an, he's a matchup nightmare for defenses when he splits out. He's an explosive runner. You talk about exploding. Um, he's a well-balanced runner. How many runs he had? He had the most runs for more than 15 yards in the NFL this year. Um and we are just beside ourselves that we we're able to sign him to an extension. It's not our history to do that with running backs. Um, he's still only 26 years old. So um, it would have been hard pressed to replace his value in our backfield next season. Uh, Cause he'll just step right in with the offense and uh, we won't miss a beat with that. So, um, and again, I wish he would have gotten the ball more in the second half against Tampa Bay. I mean, uh, we abandoned the run. We got a little Mike McCarthy there, LaFleur got, and abandoned the run there in the second half, and I think, again, it was to our detriment. Yeah, uh, I was really worried about the backfield going into free agency. Great showings by Tyler Irvin and A.J. Dillon. Uh, Jamal Williams is set to hit the market. Really wasn't sure how the backfield was going to look after having such such great depth, you know, during the season. So re-signing Aaron Jones, over 1,100 yards, phenomenal pass catcher, rusher, uh, and such a great talent. Can't let that walk away. Great re-signing for you guys. Another one of my favorite players, going to go over to the defense, Jari Alexander. Yeah. I had him listed as five on my top 10 corners mm-hmm. in the NFL of 2020. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily on the stat sheet what this guy will do, but absolutely phenomenal <laughs> at making tackles, you know, being all over the football field, wiping away the wide receiver number one. I'd be hard-pressed to find someone who thinks he isn't top five, if not top three, really anywhere else you would ask. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to have to pay him next year for sure to an extension. Um, yeah, I mean, to have it's uh, we haven't had uh, a real shutdown cornerback like that since Charles Woodson. 
Um, Al Harris played that role for a while for us. Um, but uh, what a great find uh, in Alexander. Uh, my other defensive guy was our number one pick from two years ago. Rashawn Gary showed great um, uh, growth this year. Uh, and we, ex I, again, I can't believe we restructured Preston Smith to keep all three of those guys next year. But that's the way Joe Barry's going to run his 3-4. I would anticipate that we're going to go after some speed on the edges again in the draft to bring somebody else in uh, to add more speed uh, in the draft. But uh, uh, I think you're going to see huge things from Gary in, in, in year three where he is going to be, uh, a, he's, a, he's a beast and he's tough to deal with. Uh, and yeah. yeah, he's really tough to deal with now and he's only going to get better at that. So we were great, uh, greatly uh, relieved to see his growth and his consistency this year because he really did contribute a lot to that defense. Yeah, had an increased role. Very impressed with, you know, especially in the back half of the season, his resurgence as a dominant, not just good, but a great player in the back half of the season. Everything, everything right. has come to the kid. He deserves it. I love his work ethic. I hope it works out for him. Hope it works out for you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, so we talk about great players doing great things. Now let's look at the other side of that. Players that maybe didn't live up to mm -hmm. the hype. Players that were disappointing. There's a lot of candidates on this list. Uh, tell me, tell me who's one that really stood out to you. As our punter, or you know, um, you no, know, he was uh, drafted. And he was the highest rated punter in the country coming out of Alabama. Uh, he had a decent first season. So you would expect, um, you know, that um, increase in the second season. Uh, and he didn't, he took a step back, particularly in the second half of the year. Um, and his inconsistent, we can't even talk about his lack of tackling. I mean, he's probably the worst tackler in the NFL. Um, besides me, um, uh, and we I'm would know that <laughs> Keelan Cole had a touchdown against right. him. Well, there, him. There were two returns against him where he had, I mean, Mason Crosby is a better tackler than he is. And that's, that just can't happen. So, um, when we drafted him, you know, we haven't had a good punter in green Bay in a long, long time since we cut John Ryan and he went on to an all pro career in Seattle. Um, so, uh, that was Really, re I, I don't want to get on Kevin King because he's not a Packer anymore. Um, um, you, you know, you just tip your hat to Tampa Bay for scouting that lack of speed and matching up against him. But, you know, King King's Achilles heel was his lack of speed. Um, and, uh, you know, good coaches recognize that. And so that that really burned us again in that Tampa Bay game. But uh, the, our, our punting and our special team situation has got to... Uh, get better, you know, and so I would I would anticipate, you know, an undrafted free if they've already brought in one punter to compete with him. Uh, I would anticipate they will uh, bring in an undrafted free agent with 10 picks right now. I would hate to waste a pick on a punter. Um, but I would think uh, Gutenkunst will bring in an undrafted free agent, uh, even a third punter into camp. Yeah, uh, excellent selection going off the beaten path there. I love it. Uh, special teams. You know, they, they didn't need them an awful lot, especially Mason Crosby. Uh, did not kick that many field goals. Perfect when he did kick, uh, but this team capitalized more than any other team, so they didn't need to kick that many field goals. Uh, a disappointing player for me. I know he led the team in tackling, Adrian Amos. Uh, this is not to rat on him or to say he did a poor job this year, 
Uh, in my eyes, maybe I valued him a little bit higher than most people would have, but being a Penn State alumni and seeing his role within the defense and, you know, how he's played with guys like HaHa ha Clinton Dix before, like, maybe I expected something that was greater than his potential. Uh, I thought on the other, you know, Darnell Savage did a better job, led the team in interceptions, had four. Uh, both of them are a pretty solid tandem. I mean, the Packers had an excellent season, so there's not that many glaring weaknesses if we're really going to investigate. But Adrian Amos, in my opinion, didn't play up to my expectations. Uh, but that's not to say he had a poor year. Well, he had a better second half of the season than he had a first half of the season. Um, it's hard to, you know, to criticize him. Uh, but I will expect a safe, uh, you know, this draft is going to be heavy on defense. No doubt about it. Uh, they'll be, they'll draft two corners. They will draft a safety. They'll draft uh, a couple edge rushers and a couple linemen for sure. But with 10 picks in the draft, I would be hard-pressed to not think that at least six or seven are going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and you guys did have a top 10 defense last year. That's something to note. Uh, Crazy. That, that actually catapults us <laughs> into our next topic, team strengths, which my team strength will be the defense and in particular uh the pass rush i love zadarius smith's versatility they put him inside they put him outside he's listed mm -hmm. as a as a linebacker but he can do it all preston smith still doing great things i don't know why people forget he exists you got dean lowry you also got guys like tyler lancaster kingsley kiki just big bodies in there who are ready to stuff the run montravius adams so many guys that most people don't know about around the league but they all do their job and they do it effectively well. You know, they they were just outside the top ten. They're just outside the top ten. They're just, they're I mean, just outside the top ten in total, total uh, rushing defense, and they were top ten in total passing. They're not all superstars, but I believe together it's a cohesive unit. Well, it was it was a good unit. I mean, Lowry and Lancaster and Adams. You know, all three of them. Adams has been hurt an awful lot. Montreveris. Uh, Lowry's been on the field and Lancaster's been on the field, but they're big bodies. They didn't really contribute too much. And Lowry really graded out below average for most of the season. So they're going to look to get Kenny Clark some help on the defensive line for sure. Uh, Kenny Clark has been double teamed for two solid years now. Um, and uh, they're going to get some help on the defensive line. So, and yeah, if they get any help at all from the def a second defensive lineman, and um, sort of like, uh, I would like to say, you know, the, the Gilbert Brown hybrid sort of a picket role, um, then Zadarius and Gary and Preston Smith will even have, and I think you'll see Barry, Barry's known with his two previous stints of defensive coordinator to blitz those safeties a lot more than Petten did. Uh, and you'll see Savage and Amos, I think, come a little bit more this year. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent take. And, you know, you would know better than I. Uh, I, I, I know the stats don't always reflect it. Let me just go on a quick side trip. Roy Robertson Harris, the Jags just picked him up on a three-year, $24 million deal, was a depth player for the Bears. If you look at his stats, only had seven and a half sacks in the past four or five seasons. Nothing tells you this guy's worth that money, but it's his impact on the football field, his indirect impact, if you will. Uh, I understand uh, not those, not that the interior is so flashy and Kenny Clark is phenomenal. He's top, top five defensive tackle, possibly really mm -hmm. excellent. Um, I think the pass rush overall is really strong for some of the guys you listed. And, uh, that's why the defense did pretty well. 
Well, we're very excited to see uh, Barry and what his take is going to be. He's a, he's a traditional 3-4 guy, um, but he, he loves his speed. He loves he loves to bring it. Um, so, so so what's a team strength in your opinion? If we're saying what? I think our uh, offensive adaptability. I mean, LaFleur uh, and Nathaniel Hackett, we were really, really pleased not to lose our offensive coordinator Hackett. Uh, to a head coaching job this year. His consistency and relationship, uh, that offensive room is elite. Um, and there's not a defense that they can't pick apart. Um, and I think the, the stats, you know, bared it out this year. And so we, we expect that offensive efficiency to improve, if, if possible, at least remain where it is. I mean, let's face it, if that offense does what it does, did this year, next year, um, we're going to be tough to beat. I mean, uh, we're going to be right back at a 12 and four, 13 and three record and right back where we should be. So for my issues, my issues are on special teams and my issues are on defensive consistency. Uh, speed on the defense is essential, particularly at that opposite cornerback position opposite Jare. Uh, we've got to have a, a speed cornerback there that they'll address in the draft, I'm sure. And then we've got to have a speed receiver. We need somebody to stretch the field, um, which we haven't really gotten consistently yet. I mean, I love Lazard, though he's a free agent. We haven't brought him back yet. I love MVS, who's got the speed. He was a, a bit more consistent this year, but still a few too many drops for true fans. A bit more. Um, a bit more. We would, we, we, we'd love to have a burner. That's some, like, if, they, if they sign Will Fuller, that's great, but you know we're behind it with the cap. I mean, we are, we're cap-strapped this year, so I wouldn't expect you know, Fuller to come. Um, there's got to be, you know, and, and then in the return game as well. You know, LaFleur's... Uh, Philosophy with the returns is just make the fair catch and let our offense do the job, which is well and good. We haven't had a punt or a kickoff return in, in, in kickoff return in three years, a punt return in four years. Um, and boy, it would be nice to have a, a short field once in a while uh, with a legitimate return guy. So um, whether that's the same guy as a receiver or they get somebody else, but speed on the defensive corner and another and some speedy uh, wide receiver return guy would be a great Christmas present for us in the draft. Right. Uh, great points made. Uh, team weakness in my eyes, uh, linebackers. Uh, a big big, re a big reason for that, health. You know, Christian Kirksey's gone now, but this is 2020, so let's kind of isolate right. time for a little bit. Let's freeze time and talk about who played this past season. Kirksey, I liked Chris Barnes. I can't even lie about that. And, you know, right. the depth wasn't there for me. That was a big issue for me. And I don't consider Zadarius Smith a linebacker, especially in your defense with how he's used. I consider him part of the pass rush. Um, so I'd right. love to see uh, the back end of Amos. And I know they're brought into the box an awful lot. But what I noticed is you'd have one linebacker and then you'd bring a safety down or, you know, a Will Redmond, a Raven Green type to sit right next to the linebacker right there. Uh, and I understand that, you know, that's the scheme, but I would like to see a stronger middle of the defense. I mean, Barnes and Kamal Martin, you know, for freshmen, for rookies, stepped up and played well. They were both hurt for periods of the season. 
Um, and so was Curtsy, but you know, Curtsy's gone, so there's no bad there. I think you'll see growth with both those guys. And Raven Green, you make a great point, you know, from JMU. Um, great speed and a tough, tough kid. He's been hurt too, and he was supposed to be, you know, that's that why I say corner. injuries. Like there were so right. many injuries on that linebacking. Right. So they're gonna, you know, so we've got him, and he'll be back. And he's a, you know, he he's built like a tank with wheels. Um, and he's got he's he's the guy who can cover that tight end out of the backfield uh, and match up on the line of scrimmage. But we just haven't had him on the field enough. Uh, he you know he grates out really really well for us when he's on the field. So um, Redmond, I can take or leave. Um, everybody else, I could take or leave. So again, uh, I'm going to stick with you know two corners and a safety in the draft. Um, and it's a deep free agent pool. They might be able to pick up, you know, uh, one of these free agents who needs some place to sign for not what they thought they were going to be. Um, I'm really not too concerned about who that is as long as the guy can run. <laughs> uh, again, it's yeah, going to be speed. We need, we need some speed on that back end of the defense. You know, we really yeah, do. I'm thinking of speed, speedster linebackers available. Uh, market market's flooded and in, in, in yeah it is flooded but they're also going to get you know they're they're going to get their paydays you know um i could see them bringing in another rookie or two um and i'd like i'd also like to see what barry's past relationships uh, are going to be where he's coached before you know in detroit um and um uh, where, where was he houston i think um that there might be, I, I know Houston just signed it, you know, so there, there's, there, there is a glut of players on the free agency um, market. A lot of issue. options, which is good. There is. It's good to have options. So, you know, so, but it's, it's going to be what the tape shows them, you know, the tape doesn't lie. And then when they're signing free agents and it's, it's all about the tape and those past relationships. So uh, amen, it'll be amen. nice. They're going to have to, they're going to pick up somebody, but I think the days of, well, you know, our traditional four, three middle linebacker, you know, the, the Urlacher types and stuff like that who just, you know, caused havoc with the run game. You know, I think those days are, are, are fast becoming uh, bygone eras. It, it's interesting you say that uh, because I see guys like Darius Leonard and Fred Warner, and I wonder if it's a lost art in this league to have that traditional linebacker who can pass rush, pass cover, uh, really a staple in the interior of that defense and you don't see it a lot i had a show with a guest uh, a week and a half ago we ranked the top 10 linebackers it was incredibly hard for us to have a consistent list because half the linebackers in the nfl are strictly pass rushers or edge positions right. so uh we mm -hmm. we didn't specify what kind of linebacker so uh, just to give you an example i didn't even have tj watt on my list not because he isn't phenomenal and should have been the defense player of the year but because he's an edge pass rusher in my eyes, and I did a list of 10 traditional, you know, 4-3 middle linebackers or outside linebackers who, you know, run around the football. You know, you're, you're killing me with that because we, we picked Kevin King instead of that Watt kid who went to Pittsburgh. You Sorry know? to do it to you. <laughs> hate, hate to do it to you. Yeah, you're killing me with that, you know. And we would have loved to have had him, a homegrown boy, but you know, it just seems those homegrown boys elude us in the nope. draft for some reason. They don't reason. come home, do they? Um, Lost boys. You know, but you're talking, you know, you're talking about those Bobby Wagner yes. types who are really becoming, you know, a rare breed. You know, Levante um, David, and you love That's watching, one. right? You know, you love watching them play because they are, you know, they're really, you know, what the NFL was all about. I mean, you know, Bobby Wagner's about as tough as they come. You know. Yeah, he's he's really phenomenal. So, 
What's one mm-hmm. thing you think the Packers should do next? We're in the midst of free agency. It officially opens up tomorrow at 4 p.m. Deals are going to be signed everywhere. Everywhere I'm talking about, it is a flood, a feeding frenzy, if you will. I haven't heard. I haven't mm-hmm. heard much from the Packers. The Jags have been making moves left and right. Uh, Patriots, as we all know, have just been on an absolute splurge. Yeah, crazy people, spree. right? What do you think's going to be next for the Packers? Well, I think uh, secretly they are restructuring Aaron's contract. Um, we don't have, we're, we're up against it. We're over the cap, even still with the restructuring of Preston and or the restructuring of Billy Turner that we've done and Amos Amos. So they've gone through everybody else and done some restructuring and able to get uh, Aaron Jones signed, which was tremendous. Um, placing the second round tender on Tanyan, I think was a very interesting thing to do because I think that's the next move. I think the, that that locks them into, I think, 3.75 to sign Tanya next year um, or else get a second-round pick. Uh, and I don't think many clubs in the NFL want to give up a second-round pick, you know, uh, at all, uh, particularly in a deep draft like this. Um, so I think they're going to, re- you know, they'll, they'll get Tanya back, hopefully. We would like to see that because, again, he's indoctrinated in that offense. Um, and he knows the offense well now. So again, we just don't don't miss a step there. Um, and then the second thing uh, I think they do is they're gonna what they always do is look for bargains uh, on the the cheap end uh, if they can address a specific need. Um, and again, that specific need to me is speed. You know, is 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 speed. You know, we need a speed corner opposite Jare, and we need a speed wide receiver to stretch to take some pressure off of Devante uh, and MVS and Aaron Jones uh, when they're in the patterns. And if they've got that, if they've got somebody to stretch the field, because you know as well as I do, you know, um, Rodgers can hit that speed guy uh, off of his back foot if he had to. But that just means the under stuff. Well, you know, offensively, I'm not worried. I'm you really shouldn't not be. Worried offensively. You shouldn't be. You guys are. No, I'm really not. Um, and it's not being cocky, but it's just what you see. You know, it's just what mm-hmm. you see. Uh, and then the second thing I think I'd like to see is, again, the growth of Matt LaFleur as a play caller. I thought in his first year he was intimidated by his uh, by uh, San Francisco staff, which uh, Robert Sala and, and his brother and. You know, all those guys that he came from, he was, you know, even though he was a little older than them, I think he was intimidated by them. Um, I think he grew a little bit in that realm this year as a play caller. Um, But I think Bruce Arians took him to task in the championship game. Um, And we gave that one up, you know, you you know. um, And so for me that we, we can't, we can't, give those games up. I mean, there, there, there should be no one that intimidates us uh, from the defensive side of the ball as an offensive team. Um, and so that relationship between Lafleur and Rodgers and Hackett um, still, you know, that, you know, it was all evident there in that fourth quarter against Tampa Bay. I mean, the, those last couple drives, you know, threes and outs, that, that can't happen to championship football teams. Yeah, um, incredibly disappointing given that, you know, Jari was actually getting the interceptions the turnovers needed right to, to get you back into right. the game and it, it still wasn't happening will redmond dropped an interception which uh, doesn't help to live in the past but that's something that did happen and uh nothing you can do but but move on to to what's next is is there right. a particular player or two you're really keyed in on for the draft no no i'm not i've i've learned 
you know, you know, between, <laughs> you know, when, when you have the, you know, those two GMs that we've had uh, in the Ron Wolf and um, and Teddy Thompson, you know, who learned from Wolf. Wolf was a genius, but Wolf made some deals. Remember, you know, it was Wolf who brought in, you know, the McKenzies and the, the Pickets at the, at the, you know, and Andrew Andre Risen when he needed them, and those got the got those Packers over the edge with Brett Favre to win you know, that, that Super Bowl and get back to back there. Thompson was a little bit more gun shy like that. I think Gutenkurs has learned from both of them. So, and Russ Ball is a genius with the cap and, and contract structuring and restructuring. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they look for the right players and the right culture. You know, they jumped on, uh, you know, uh, on the Smith brothers when they were available and Zadarius and Preston changed the culture of that locker room. You know, completely. You know, people forget that, you know, they let, you know, Clay Matthews go, you know, then. And that spoke directly to the culture in the locker room, you know. Um, and uh, Zadarius and Preston changed that culture in the locker room. Um, and then you're bringing on guys like, you know, Amos helped, you know, and the guys who are buying into that system. So um, it's Lafleur's call now. I mean, he held on to Petten one year too long. That's the curse of the Green Bay Packers. We held on to defensive coordinators way too long. Uh, sorry, Dom Capers. Uh, sorry, Mike Petten, you know. Um, and, Shots you know, fired. yeah. I mean, so now now it's, it's all his baby. You know, Barry was his hire. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have gone a couple of different ways. Though I was really, really intrigued by the defensive coordinator for Wisconsin, right? If he was good enough to interview and wanted to interview and then supposedly turned down the job to not leave Wisconsin. That didn't, that didn't sit well with me. I'm not quite sure what the miscommunication there was, Jim Leonard. Um, but so Barry's his guy and I think Barry surprised us all. I thought we were going to go in a different route. Um, so now it's, this is completely Lafleur's, you know, handprint on this team. So um, our, our special teams can only be better with Maurice Drayton as the coach. He liked his energy, he liked his learning experience. Um, but again, as, as long as we get some speed, if we get some speed and we stay healthy um, and we'll draft a quarterback too, you know, with an undrafted free agent, it'll be great to see Jordan Love step on the field. We haven't talked about that guy at all because nobody wants to. And I don't want to talk about Jordan Love for three more years. Uh, <laughs> um, because I think Aaron deserves to do what he's done, you know, and if he wants to play till 40, 41, so be it. Um, but Jordan Love is an elite talent. I mean, there was a reason why Gutenkunz did what he did. Those types of guys don't come available. If you did your research with Utah State and Jordan Love, there was a reason why they did that. And there is no other organization in the NFL has groomed quarterbacks like this one does. So I think, you know, hopefully not for another three years, but in three or four or five years, you and I will be talking about this kid just stepping in and, and keeping the torch blazing. Yeah, that's phenomenal take. Uh, really interesting to hear some of the intricacies. Uh, I don't hear this kind of stuff because I'm not plugged into 
Green Bay Matters. So thank you for giving me some of the inside scoop on the new personnel and uh, where the team is thinking about what the motives were. Love hearing about that stuff. It's part of the reason I do this podcast with different fan bases because I love getting into the mind of other fan bases, seeing where the league's at. So uh, phenomenal takes. Is there anything you would like to leave the listeners with before I wrap it up? Uh, don't don't ever count the Green Bay Packers out. Don't don't count out the Green Bay Packers. And also, I also want to say, if you guys have never had an opportunity to visit Lambeau Field on game day, it is a Disneyland in America. It is absolutely one of the greatest stadiums, one of the greatest. It's in a neighborhood. I mean, we park on the street three blocks away from the stadium for free. Do you hear me? Yeah, that yeah. that's insane to me. Like, can't do that in Jacksonville. It's all yeah, I, I don't know city. if you can do that anywhere. You park on in somebody's yard or somebody, you know, for free. And, you know, the the, the garage doors are open. You bring your six-pack. You're t- I mean, it's <laughs> it's crazy. It is such... It, it, it's it's really a special place. It's a unique and special place. And I don't care what kind of a fan you are for what team, if you could ever get to Lambeau for a game, just to take it all in and just see a very unique NFL experience in a unique place in America, it's uh, it's it'll be worth every penny and worth 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 a weekend. Wow, uh, powerful stuff. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, Jim. Uh, you were an excellent pleasure, guest. Zach. Very knowledgeable. Uh, that's going to be it guys. That is our review for the 2020 green Bay Packers season. Hope you guys learned a lot and I hope you really enjoyed. Have a great week and I'll see you guys next time.